the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Wednesday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Johnny Abair and David Dawson, you guys. Two days until our birthday celebrations. Yeah, I heard the party horns earlier. It got me all excited. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got a birthday candle lit right here by me, if you're, if you're watching on our stream. Actually, no, it's an advent candle, but, uh, and it's only one. Yeah, for now, as it should for be. For now, in five minutes, yeah. it's going to be all four. <laughs> you watch, <laughs> and it's and it's two anniversaries in one, right, guys? Absolutely, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's That's-a-Rouge it's the feast. It's a feast of oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I thought you were talking about the uh, the feast day of the Immaculate Conception. I don't think there's any coincidences that that's our birthday mm-hmm. because the way I th- mm-hmm. everything fell in place, we knew Our Lady was in charge, but. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and and you're right. Both stations, both stations around the same day was the, the closing uh, for both stations. Different times, yep. of course, but uh, mm-hmm. like I said, no coincidences. Yeah, she's in control because she herself put God in control. Right? Amen. It's a uh, amen. Yeah. So happy Advent, right? So, yep. uh, we yes. say uh, Wednesday coming day. I guess this is these Wednesdays <laughs> during Advent. That's the proper question there to ask. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> let's get our day started in prayer, and we're remembering uh, asking for the intercession of who else but Saint Nicholas. It's our Saint of the day. Yes, him, jolly Saint Nick. So let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving God, during this first week of Advent, we hope to sense that all that is good springs from your creation and to realize that everything, especially all of us, are being drawn back toward your loving heart. Help us to be people of peace, to speak about truth and comfort in an uneasy world, and to be a light among all those that you have put into our lives. Enkindle in us a desire and a hunger to prepare for your coming at all times and at all places, even in darkness, waiting, eager, and filled with joy, for you are our Redeemer. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas. Pray pray for us. For us. I like the way you said jolly St. Nicholas. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of the Council of Nicaea. I don't think he was too jolly then, but uh, (laughs) that's a whole other story. (laughs) Oh, that's what you thought of when you heard St. Nicholas? Yeah. Yeah, It was the Council of Nicaea? That's what I do, I think about shoes and leaving our shoes out and and getting candy canes in your shoes if you feel good, right? He he defended the faith, and and we're here because of that. You're just looking at candy canes. I'm Anyway... (laughs) 
And I had an old 90s VHS tape Did on St. Nicholas that I watched <laughs> until the cover, we had to tape the cover together. So oh. yeah, I remember that. But oh, nice. yeah, no, yeah. St. Nicholas, happy feast day to my brother as well. So yes. it's, a, it's a great yes, day. Indeed. It's going to be a great day today. Yep. Yes, it will. Yep. <laughs> Let's talk real quick about our guest today at 7 After. Johnny has a gospel reflection and looking forward to hearing his take on today's reading. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney joins us. He is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald which is the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And today he'll be giving us an update of what you'll be finding in this week's issue. In 35 minutes, Dina Dow joins us. She is the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And we're talking about how to share the hope of Christmas now and throughout the year. And in 48 minutes, Dr. Jordan Haddad from Notre Dame Seminary and the St. Louis and Ninth Art Society will continue his discussion on purgatory in our Catholic 101 segment. Stay with us. We have your gospel and reflection coming up right after the break. It is five past the hour on Wake Up. A blessed Wednesday of the first week of Advent. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes from Matthew chapter 15. At that time, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain, and sat down there. Great crowds came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others. They placed them at his feet, and he cured them. The crowds were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the deformed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind able to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Jesus summoned his disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, for they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for fear they may collapse on the way. The disciples said to him, Where could we ever get enough bread in this deserted place to satisfy such a crowd? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few fish. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, gave thanks, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over, seven baskets full. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Well, you know, the church puts the, the first reading today with the gospel. And boy, it's going to give us a whole different look at what we mean when we say, Advent is about waiting and watching. So let's jump into that. You know, you start with, well, a very interesting question, and that would be why does Matthew put a second multiplication of the loaves, mm -hmm. a story to feed 4,000 people, just a chapter after we read about the feeding of the 5,000? And Mark does the same thing. Then they're definitely two different events. So I think that, you know, when we look at this, it really starts to open up all kinds of things for us. There's a lot of similarities, um, you know, except for a few important details. It's the number of people is different between the two events. The number of loaves is different and the number of leftover baskets are different. But also in this event, Jesus goes up a mountain that does this miracle rather than the first event, which was done as he came to the seashore. Mm -hmm. And this time, Jesus is the one going to his, to his disciples with the problem rather than the disciples coming to him with the problem. So you look at it another way. You know, we go from Jesus landing on the shore, people flocking to him, the first event, and now ascending to the mountain. And from that high lifted point, he calls his priests to himself for the mission of feeding the flock. And the numbers are important too. If you notice the numbers for the 
it shows a wider net being thrown this time. We go from 12 baskets in the first event, which relates to the Jewish tribes. Now in this event, the number seven in terms of the baskets, which relates to the universal church, the Gentiles, the entire world, actually, as we see the number seven in the book of Revelation. Hmm. So guys, it's like an expand, an ever expanding circle of mercy. You know, that the, and it says that the Messiah has come to not only rescue Israel, but the entire world. And so let's go to the first uh, uh, reading for today, because it really does point to this. It's really powerful. The prophet Isaiah, speaking of this event almost 800 years earlier, from the chapter 25 of Isaiah, we read this today. If we go to Mass, quote, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and choice wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the veil that veils all people, the web that is woven over all nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces. And on that day, it will be said, behold our God to whom we looked to save us. This is the Lord for whom we looked. Let us rejoice and be glad that he has saved us for the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain, unquote. So as amazing as the fulfillment is with the flowing wine and, and all that, uh, did you notice the main point Isaiah, Isaiah is making? That the miraculous work of God is not only this flowing food and the wine, but it's the final destruction of that so-called veil that veils all people, the web that's woven all the nations, and that is death itself. So it's pretty cool. The work of the Messiah foretold eight centuries earlier is that death would no longer be, that, that there would be death no more once the Lord comes to this mountain. So Matthew said, this is way beyond the mountain of Moses. This is beyond the manna in the desert. This second feeding of the multitude is Matthew's way of emphasizing that the day of the Lord has finally come. Death is about to be destroyed. For just as Jesus was lifted up high on the cross, his resurrection opened the gates of heaven. And, and guys, last thing, uh, the multiplication stories, we, we do read this one thing in all of them. It always says the people all ate and were and satisfied. Was, right, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Christ is the, only, is the only food, the only truth that can satisfy mm -hmm. mankind's hunger. Everything else is just merely bread. So the, the Advent deal, uh, 800 years, they waited, the Jews waited 800 years between Isaiah's prophecy mm. and God's promise to come. It went through all kinds of nation being ripped apart, being conquered through many invasions, desecrations of their temples, empires rising and falling. You have to ask, was it worth it? Well, I think they have to say, how long would we have to wait for God to come and to have life forever in heaven? What are we worth? Mm -hmm. What are we worth uh, doing that's worth waiting for for the lord to come this advent 800 years doesn't look so bad you know yeah, for us we're yeah. so fortunate to be born on this side of history right absolutely and, and yeah yeah our event so our waiting our patience looks kind of paltry in comparison but you know it's so beautiful now that this living bread does come from the mountain i guess these every altar we go to is like a tiny mountain for the bread of life flows from that to us in the Eucharist each and every day. So uh, it's a lot here in terms yeah. of the Advent message, right? The waiting, the Eucharist, all powerfully being taught to us by our Lord today from the mountain.
what you think? I, what, what I love is you, you, brought, you brought up earlier uh, Isaiah, and this is always my favorite time of year because of the puzzle pieces come together so well with Isaiah. Yeah. You know, isn't, isn't that amazing? Dina Dow has joined us in the studio. I know you're about to chime in <laughs> yeah. here, aren't you? He so. just woke me up. <laughs> I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about Johnny's yeah. reflection, which is so great? powerful. You know what yeah. I was thinking when Johnny was talking was, which we're about to talk about in a little bit, is waiting in joyful hope. For the yeah. coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's worth waiting for. Yeah. 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 You know, our disposition of hope. So, yeah. It's such a beautiful time of year. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It mm -hmm. is. It is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Johnny? I'm glad you compared uh, those two readings, Johnny, because I remember reading it the first time and thinking I was going crazy. Oh, I got the number wrong and the baskets wrong. We'll just move on. Yeah. Right. But you right, have right, really right. just... <laughs> separated them and said you're not crazy there's just two different stories so <laughs> thank you for that yeah. <laughs> so much well stay with us you know peter finney's going to join us next with the clear and herald and uh christmas spirit is in the air no question about it it's quarter past the hour remember it's simple we are the patient and god is so patient Be right back This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 6th. Today we celebrate St. Nicholas. Children of all ages can readily identify the saint we honor today. The man with the twinkling eyes, the smiling face, and the ample body in the pillowed red suit. We don't know exactly what he looked like, nor do we have many hard facts about him. But that is no impediment to his popularity. Historically, we can pinpoint only the fact that Nicholas was the Bishop of Myra in Asia Minor in the 4th century. Perhaps the best-known legend about him concerns his charity toward a poor man who was unable to provide dowries for his three daughters of marriageable age. Rather than see them forced into prostitution, Nicholas secretly tossed a bag of gold through the poor man's window on three separate occasions so all the daughters could be married. In time, this legend involved into the custom of gift-giving on the saint's feast. In English-speaking countries, St. Nicholas became Santa Claus by a twist of the tongue, further expanding the example of generosity portrayed by this holy bishop. Though Nicholas died in the mid-4th century, his legend lives on. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media... This has been Saint of the Day. Eighteen past the hour during this Advent period. Hopefully you are waiting, watching, preparing for his coming. So many great legends of St. Nicholas restoring three young boys to life. Uh, many, many others. So it's a good time to, uh, you know, make that connection between the saints and Christmas, what it's really all about. And to find out what's happening in our area, we love to tune in, we'll check in with Peter Finney. He is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald, as you know, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Good to have you with us. Hey, Johnny. Thank you so much. Happy Advent to you, brother. Same to you. Same to you. So so let's get started off uh, with uh, uh, one of the things, uh, I guess the images or the things we hopefully have in our homes that reminds us of Christmas, and that's the crash. You got a great story and some photos of a very special crash, right? 
Yes, you know, Johnny, for many, many years, uh, the Friends of St. Alphonsus uh, in the Irish Channel, uh, they've been putting together uh, a crash exhibit where they ask people to uh, kind of come down with their, fam- their cherished family nativity scenes, their crushes, and uh, display them for the week leading up to Advent so that uh, at, the, at the end of the exhibition period, they can take those nativity sets back into their home and, and of course, put them under the tree and uh, have them for their own family. But it's a beautiful, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful event, and uh, the last couple of years, the event has taken place at St. Dominic Church, and so uh, really the, the week before Advent, they had uh, pr- probably about 100 crushes from all across the world, Gosh. you know, different makers and handcrafted, and they were displayed inside the church. And what was nice about it is the, the school children from, from St. Dominic, as well as the general public, could walk down the aisles and just kind of look at the different, uh, you know, exhibits uh, that, uh, you know, kind of encapsulate the birth of Christ. And uh, it, it's a beautiful, so many beautiful different uh, crushes, and they really had a wonderful time. It's a, it's a wonderful tradition that the uh, the Friends of St. Alphonsus have kept have kept alive for many, many years. So uh, it, it's over now, but you'll, you'll see some pictures in the Clarion Herald in the December 9th oh, issue. Yeah, and the whole idea of a crush, that's, was it, is that true, Peter, that uh, St. Saint, Saint Francis of Assisi, it was kind of he originator of that, in, in fact, you, you, that's a great point that you mentioned. Uh, there was an outdoor crash in, in front of Notre Dame Seminary uh, that was blessed and, light and lit by uh, Father Joshua Rodri in front of, uh, on the lawn of Notre Dame Seminary. And he made that point that St. Francis of Assisi was the one who kind of popularized this devotion as a way to get people to, you know, to, to, to realize the humble birth of the Savior of the world. And so, uh, you know, it was a, that was a wonderful event, too. So, yes, it was St. Francis of Assisi. Wonderful. Well, you know, speaking of, uh, we're looking back now on uh, I Give Catholic, and there were so many great uh, Catholic uh, charities to give to. But talk, talk about that, Peter. What did? Uh, how did that? How does that look with respect yeah. to the archdiocese on I Give Catholic? Well, you know, Johnny, the, the, the interesting thing is I Give Catholic actually started in the archdiocese of New Orleans mm-hmm. with with a couple of yeah. uh, other dioceses within the state of Louisiana, and then now it has grown. All across, <clears throat> excuse me, all across the country, including Canada and uh, and the Philippines, and and so in it, they have some international Catholic dioceses that are a part of it, and all together uh, it raised more than nineteen million dollars for Catholic uh, ministries, schools, churches, wow. organizations, and in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, uh, the event uh, uh, raised more than one point seven million dollars. Wow. Uh, Corey Howe, who is the, the, the founding director of, of this program, he's the, he's the head of the Catholic Community Foundation in, in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, said it's not really the money per se, but it, it's, it's the ability of churches and schools to connect with, with people who want to give. And you, you develop that relationship, and so it's not really just about the money. It's about you know, uh, fulfilling uh, the, the wishes of people who want to donate and, and help uh, Catholic services you know, go on. So uh, it, it was a really resounding success. This is the ninth year it's been held, so next year will be the 10th uh, anniversary of it, and it's been a wonderful success. You bet. I mean, I, we're grateful that it just gives all of us an opportunity to show our gratefulness in a very concrete way. It's, wow, I can't yeah. believe it started here and now 19, what'd you say, 19? 
total? Nineteen million? Nin- uh, no, wow. Over nineteen That's million uh, wow. has been raised, and uh, and actually, Woo. the Clarion Herald, uh, we, we did extremely well. We had some wonderful donors, and and our money is going to be earmarked for our digitization project, which is going to be a really exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Every issue will yes. be available. Every story you just uh, for free on the internet, you'll be able to look up old stories and things like that, and that's coming very soon. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, we hit our goal too. Thank, thank God for that. Mm. Well, you know, Christmas is all about kids. You know, about children. Uh, talk about a very special couple with respect to fostering children. Yes, it's in your uh, Jan- mm-hmm. uh, Janice and Jerry Rombig. Now, Jerry Rombig uh, passed away about five years ago, but people will remember him as the voice of the Saints at the PA uh, on the at the Superdome. First down, Saints. He would always say, you know, he he was the oh. announcer. And Jerry had a long time history with WDSU TV and also with uh, WLAE TV and, and Archbishop Hannon. Anyway, they had. Uh, uh, they had four children uh, back in the 60s, and they wanted to have more. They, and, and, and their next two pregnancies went full term, but both, both girls tragically died right after birth. Mm. And so it looked oh. as though uh, they might not be able to have any more children. And there was a, uh, Jerry worked for, w, for Channel 6 and said, hey, there's going to be somebody on from the Children's Bureau talking about foster parenting. And Janice watched it at noon. It was called the Midday, the Midday Show with Terry Fletcherich. And she watched it, and they decided, let's, let's try to be foster parents. And over the next many years, they fostered 21 children. 21. And uh, incredible. Oh and and they, have, uh, they, they took pictures of each of the babies and, and put them on their Lakeview home. So they had these, these, all these portraits uh, in there. Of course, the, 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 the tough thing was in Katrina, the, the house was flooded, and all those pictures went away. Oh. But they, they, Janice used to give the pictures uh, of, of, the, of the little babies who stayed with them for anywhere between one month and nine months, and they would, she would give the pictures, uh, other pictures, to the adoptive parents, and along with a schedule. And, and she said, one mom told me, I didn't know these, th- these things came with directions, you know, with instructions. That's right. But she said what, 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 she, what she and her husband did was just a, a testament of their own Catholic faith and helping save lives, certainly. And uh, she's, she's forever grateful for the mothers who decided to have their babies. And so whatever little way she could help, uh, she wanted to do so. It's a beautiful little story. That is. It is, especially wow. to, take a, to take a personal tragedy that they experience and yet turn right around and and still outpour their you know their their uh, parenting. It's it's really that's right. Uh, really moving. Well, I uh, understand in this issue also you're going to be discussing a very special deacon, right? Yes. Yeah, Deacon Dennis Adams, a great guy, uh, he was hired as head of Christopher Holmes, which is the affordable housing ministry of the Archdiocese. He was hired seven months before Katrina, okay? And, uh, of course, after Katrina, one half of the affordable apartments that were available in the Archdiocese were, were totally damaged, and he had to rebuild, and, and they've rebuilt down to the point over those next 10 years, to to have as many apartments as they had back in 2000, right before Katrina in 2005. So he feels like that's one of his lasting legacies is that uh, they were able to come back from Katrina. And he said, really, when you look at these seniors who are so happy to be in a safe, affordable uh, apartment, there was a little lady who was there. Uh, she, she was in Houston for, for two years, uh, three years, and wanted to come back to New Orleans, kept calling, I need to get back to New Orleans. She got back to New Orleans in her apartment at Annunciation Inn, and about maybe uh, three or four months later, she passed away. Hmm. But she was at home. She didn't want to die. She didn't want to die in Houston or Atlanta or wherever. 
And he said there were so many people like that, and he feels so happy, gra- grateful that he was able, he and his staff were able to bring all those people back. Wow. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. He is retiring on January 1st. Great, he's had a great tenure. And uh, Terry North from Providence Community Housing will be taking over as executive director of uh, Christopher Holmes. Ah, wow. Another story of just kind of out of what seemingly is you know, tragedy, yeah. turning, turning that, turning it around and beautiful. giving hope, you know, you, you, you realize Johnny, everything that Peter's talking about today, uh, these, these headlines and these stories and everything, they're so inspirational. They give us such hope. I mean, what a, what a complete opposite of what you're going to read and see out there, you know? I mean, this, this, yeah, this is beautiful Christmas stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is beautiful, Peter. It's why we do what we do. It's why you yeah. do what you do. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus taught in parables. He told stories. And, and and the stories had a, had a had a purpose, had a meaning, and and this is what we do, you know, yeah. for a living. So it's a that's that's a great grace. Yeah, it is good stories, good people. And yes. you know, we're talking about kids, of course, at Christmas, and can't end this without talking about what's in our clarion, the kids' clarion section this week. Yeah. You know, uh, Beth Donzi, who's the editor of Kids Clarence, she started this year. It's a really great feature. It's, it, she highlights a teacher in a Catholic school. And this week, this month, it is Carla Sumner, who is the multimedia teacher at San Andrew the Apostle in, Al- in Algiers. And she just talks about her love for teaching. And, and she said the, the kids really inspire her. Uh, she, they had a display of, uh, of, uh, St. Juan Diego's Tilma, the cloak, mm. uh, and it was in yeah, her classroom, cool. and she was telling the story. And every time the kids came in, they would come in genuflect before the Tilma. And, wow. and, and they're, they're constantly telling, uh, asking uh, Carla, hey, can we pray? Uh, can we pray? And they went to Blessed Francis Silo's center, and they said, Let, let's pray and go to confession. And these were yeah. from the kids. So she yeah. it's really just special being able to do Wow. That. Yeah. Wow. Well, Peter, where could we pick up? We, we got to read these stories. Where can we pick up a copy of uh, the Clarion Herald? You can, uh, you can get it at church this weekend in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Uh, every church has it. But it's also available right now online at clarionherald.org. Thank you, Peter, for teeing us up, uh, getting Advent to, you know, in the spirit. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Johnny. And I think we have teed it up. You know, Christmas yeah. all year, is that possible? Well, Dina Dow's going to join us next to talk about it. Yes, it it's way. possible. <laughs> it's always Christmas with yeah. Dina. <laughs> yes, it is. Thirty-five past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I am David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Johnny A. Bear, and Dina Dow is in the studio with us. She's the director of Office of Evangelization and Catechesis in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hey, lady. Hey, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. I like the way you have to read that title. I do. It's so long. It says. Spell it too. Continued on next page. It says here. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's such a blessing, though, and a joy to be with everyone. I love the saint today too, Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot to him. Uh, oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, yeah, theologically, and then just charitably too, yeah. which brings to light, you know, mm-hmm. the whole notion those three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. And Gabby and I always kind of chat a little bit about what do you want to talk about, and I'm like, Lord, what do you want us to talk about? And mm-hmm. God, hope has just <laughs> been resonating, um, and and just in conversations, and even today, like the all all the interviews with Peter Finney. Oh, how about that? I all mean, those messages of hope stories. coming in. Yeah. 
So um, I'm using my Ascension app. Ascension has a new app now with the Catechism. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, Bible in a Year and it, Catechism yeah, in a Year. Yeah. So it's very handy for Catholic radio interviews. <laughs> I like so it. paragraph 1817 gives us kind of a kind of an insight into hope. So okay. it says, hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, mm. but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. let us hold fast to our hope uh, in the Lord, right? The promise of the hope. And it goes on, you know, Christian hope takes up and fulfills the hope of the chosen people. So we talk about, you know, now with the prophecies of Isaiah right. and the hope and the anticipation of Christ to come. And then also Christian hope is rooted in, for sure, the Beatitudes and that life of happiness, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's implanted in us, you know, the glory of heaven is our hope. I said yesterday we had an all-staff gathering at the yeah. Catholic Life Center. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's about 70 of us together. And I was saying that to, you know, this is not the end-all, be-all, right? You know, our life on earth, right? we anticipating right. the expected hope of our Lord Jesus yes. coming again in the second company. But right now in the season of Advent and preparing for Christmas, our hope is fixed on the Lord and that humble beginning that He offered for us, yeah. that we continue our lives. and. You know, you kind of laughed at the beginning of like, Dina says that Christmas hope lasts like all year round. And yeah, yes, it yeah, does. Yeah. Starting with keeping one of your nativity sets out all year round. Huh. To remind us. I have a snow globe. Do it's you? really big. Uh -huh. Yeah. And it's the nativity. And, and it stays okay. out in a prominent place all year round. People are like, oh, you forgot to put that one up. Yay, I'm like, no. <laughs> I did not. Right, I did right. not. And um, you know, recently there's there's so many the, the holiday season, the Christmas season, the Advent season brings about a lot of memories for people. Yes. We know we all have friends and family that have lost loved ones this year mm -hmm. that are in the middle of experiencing really great hardships through um, physical hardships, yes. mental mm -hmm. stress, anxiety. Mm -hmm. All of this it seems kind of builds up. Yes. So how are we to accompany people? in that light of hope in that is, Jesus Christ. That is, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because it seems to be more prevalent now. Yeah. I, I'm noticing. Yeah. You know, uh, my wife and I are noticing other folks are just, it's just not a good time of year for them. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we, we call hope the anchor of our faith, right? Uh -huh. It anchors us that if we kind of get pulled out into the sea, the roughness of the sea, to remember to pull back on that line and come back in and center ourselves on Christ. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's really easy to do or say, or say. you know, but it's not easy to do <laughs> right. because I'm sad, I'm struggling, you know, but yeah. what is it? And it's the relief of the anxiety, right? And knowing and trusting that everything is in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Everything is in God's hands. Mm -hmm. And when we surrender, then all of a sudden our heart turns to the Lord. Right, and rest in what he is given like initially at his resurrection. You mentioned the that peace. even earlier uh, when you when you were reading the the uh, part from the, the ascension, saying uh -huh. that uh, we have a tendency. I mean, I don't remember the exact words, but we we want to do it ourselves, right? And we yeah. cannot do it ourselves. Yeah, I want to fix it. I want to. Yeah. So as soon as we say, I I cannot. I need right. your help. Exactly. Things get a lot better quickly. And I was talking with a friend of mine who suffered a great struggle over the past month, and uh, and she just said it so clearly that you know being accompanied by her husband, and she's like, you know, sometimes you just stand at the foot of the cross. Yeah. And there's nothing to say or do other than just to be present to one right. another. Right. So if we know people that are experiencing hard times during the season and also throughout the year, 
that how do we just be with them and bring them the hope of Jesus Christ by being there, loving them, understanding, and being part of it. And that's what the Lord does for us. The Lord comes to us in this in this beautiful, you know, little baby. Mm. I've said this before. And now with, you know, through a third grandchild coming next year, you know, just the humility of, of a child coming into this world and the dependence that he had on his and his parents, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, we so too are the same way. We're so dependent on our Lord to give us all that we need. Right. Not that we just sit there, you know, and not do a thing. Well, no. But no, also but... too move forward in the hope of Christ that, you know, God, what is your will for me? And encountering Jesus Christ in the moments of crises with hope, yep. of course, with faith, and then, you know, utmost with love. I mean, there's, there's, there's times, and I can say though, of, of my worst anxieties and such is yeah. when I absolutely forget and I want to do it myself. Yeah. And when I do it myself, mm-hmm. I'm heading for failure. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah, right? yeah. And then you're hopeless. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you and, get then, discouraged. and then it just starts. To, yeah, you get yeah. discouraged because it just starts yeah. piling up. Mm-hmm. So, so there's got to be a. First, there's got to be a, I can't do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. as soon as that revelation comes about, things for me, began to improve quickly. Right, and then where are we seeking our joy? That's the other thing, too. There's such a joyfulness at those moments of, you know, like of Christmas morning. You know, we think of some of the joyful moments of, like, buying a present for someone they didn't expect it, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess at the bottom of the stocking. Um, But the joyful moments, to remember those moments and carry those through the new year, because the new year's coming up very soon. Uh, About (laughs) five minutes, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so a good, you know, kind of promise of prayer would be, Lord, fill me, grant me the grace of hope. Yeah. You know, give me, can you please help? increase my hope right you know increase my faith and increase my love and help me to attain that peace you know and 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 so many people and that's getting back to what you were saying earlier so many so many people want to recreate this certain joy that they felt this time of year and once again they're depending on themselves to do that so the decorations and doing that and 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 work so hard at it and and and, and some people say it's just not happening this year well you didn't ask god yet well i just remember when you're looking at your decorations to sit with your little prayer book (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and read the read the you know know, read sacred scripture you know Mm -hmm. those moments surround yourself with the environment, right, to set the stage, but also to to plunge into the relationship with our Lord mm-hmm. in prayer and silence. You know, Saturday mornings is kind of my prayer time, just to cozy up on the couch and, and read some good meditations, like good, concentrated two hours yes. of just prayer. Wow. You know, not a lot of people have that time. Now, I was about to say I'd, two hours. You're doing actually great. I didn't have that time until uh-huh. I made that time. Yeah. You know? so, oh, okay. But it's, it's something that's happened over the years. Yeah. Johnny. I do remember reading one time about hope, and it des- describes it as an actual having substance to it. In other words, the difference with the Catholic theology, right, with hope isn't just some wish, right. futuristic thing. We've already realized our hope. We already, especially when we go to the Eucharist, it's past, present, future, but they, it's tangible. Yes. It's, it has a substance to it. Boy, that's meaty right there. Yeah. So we already realize our hope in, in a way. You know, isn't that, that's a, that's a powerful different yeah. view of hope. Right? Our hope is exactly right in front of us. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. The comparison of a which, what's the difference between a wish and a hope, right? Yes, yes. A wish is mm, I don't know, far flung. Yeah. But hope is a person. Yes. Right? Is a person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. He is our hope. He is our our light, our truth, our way. Mm-hmm. And when we come to know Him, we come to know our Lord. 
We come to know God, and we come to understand that our destiny is eternal life. And so we yearn for that. We hope for yeah, that every day. Yeah, we do. In the meantime, how are we living our lives here on earth mm-hmm. to be able to share that joy, the good news of our Lord Jesus who came as an infant. As an infant. Right, who lived Help, among us, yeah. experienced everything that we experience. There's not one thing that the Lord does not understand. And we can turn to Him fully and with full like exposure of our lives, vulnerability that he would never take advantage of, but pour into us love and peace yeah, and joy. Man, you just made uh, this interview go by in like one minute I flat. I know, isn't that That's great? Fantastic. So Merry Christmas. Thank yeah, you. And Happy and look, New Year. I'm going to leave my lights up. I don't know what the neighbors are going to say, but you know, thanks to you. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Light of Christ. We'll see you soon. Thank thanks you, Dina. Thanks so much. God yeah. bless. God bless you too. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk to Dr. George. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth before we get to Dr. Jordan Haddad. A special programming note. This Friday, December 8th, is the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. It's also Catholic Community Media's birthdays. Yeah. 11 years in New Orleans and 14 years in Baton Rouge. CC Media will carry a special two-hour mass from the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. on Friday from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. This mass will replace Father John Ricardo and our local noon mass. So I will post that on our social media so you can go and take a look in case you need to know the times. Should be Dr. beautiful. Dr. Jordan Haddad. Jo- yes, it should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, also looking forward to our next guest because I've been thinking about continuing this topic since we spoke to him last week. Dr. Jordan Haddad now joins us. He's a professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans and president of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society. And we are continuing to talk about purgatory in our Catholic 101 segment. Good morning, Dr. Haddad. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning and happy feast of uh, jolly old St. Nick. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Well, and, well, we're going to continue our topic on purgatory, and you have answered so many wonderful questions last week, and it was quite an interesting conversation. I've been thinking about it for quite some time, but let's talk about the biblical roots of purgatory, because that seems to be kind of the... The, the 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 statement that's thrown out there, well, it's not in the Bible, you know, so kind of break it down yeah. for us, Dr. Haddad. Sure. So last week we, we talked about purgatory as this final purification of the individual where we're wholly conformed to Christ and, and really made fit and, and capable of, of heaven. And the Church's teaching on purgatory is grounded in a few different places in Scripture, um, those Catholics, you know, we just want to keep in mind that, you know, we don't necessarily believe that the entirety of God's revelation is necessarily contained solely in Scripture, right? Why? Well, because Jesus Christ in the flesh is the fullness and perfection of revelation, and we also believe and recognize that the apostles handed on many things that Scripture alludes to when, you know, for example, reading the epistles of St. Paul, but doesn't explicitly articulate, because Scripture sort of wasn't intended to replace the, the life of the Church and her, her sacred tradition. But even with that being said, we Catholics do ground our doctrine on purgatory in the Scriptures, 
while at the same time just recognizing that the Holy Spirit continues to unfold these truths in the life of the Church down through the ages, right? Mm -hmm. The Spirit leads us into all truth, as Christ says. So the first place to begin would be Matthew chapter 12. And in this chapter, Jesus casts out a demon that had been plaguing a man, rendering him uh, blind and mute. And then the Pharisees assert that Jesus had cast out this demon by the power of a greater demon, to which Jesus responds that a house divided can't stand, right? He, in other words, it wasn't by the demon, but by the Holy Spirit um, that, that, that this demon was cast out, which the Pharisees were having trouble accepting and recognizing. And then he says something very interesting. Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever says a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. And this is the sort of important line for us here. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Right? Or in the age to come. Right? That final clause is important for thinking about purgatory. Because if we pay close attention to this passage, what we can see is that Christ's teaching that, that the forgiveness of sins can be received either in this age or after or beyond this age. And it's this forgiveness after this particular age that we live in that we recognize as pertaining to this state of, of, of purgatory. Furthermore, the New Testament witnesses to what's called a cleansing fire that eliminates all that is not of God in our lives, and so only leaves behind that which is of Him, right? That which is of God. So, for example, St. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 3, speaks of Jesus Christ as being the only foundation upon which one can build. And each of us, over the course of our lives, builds upon that foundation with gold or silver or wood or hay or stubble, right? Just figurative language for good or bad deeds which will ultimately be tested by a cleansing fire. Right? So St. Paul writes, he says, If the work which any man has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So what we can see here is that if one does not sort of live in, with, and for Christ in some form or fashion, right, as our foundation, then we can't be saved. But if we do live in Christ by building on that one foundation, then we can be saved, but only by virtue of a further a purification, right, a, purifi a purification of, of, of fire, right, which is figurative language for the, the cleansing fire of, of God's, God's love. Right? And so that this, this cleansing fire sort of purifies us of all that we have become that is not of God, right? Because it was merely wood, hay, or stubble, you know, figuratively speaking, right? But nonetheless, we are saved on that foundation of Christ, but we're cleansed, right, of all that is not of Him, right? The sense of, of the cleansing fire of purgatory. And then the, the final passage I'll mention is from the Old Testament, right? Second Maccabees chapter 12 where it speaks of Judas Maccabeus, who was a, a Jewish zealot, who made atonement for the dead, right, that they might be delivered from their sins, 
which sort of just witnesses again to this reality of a life after death that's still in need of purification before being ushered into the life of God, right, which is heaven, which, you know, the, the New Testament sort of further unfolds and clarifies for us. So those are a few different examples of, of what we would point to as Catholics as the sort of biblical foundations of this doctrine of purgatory, right? Christ's yeah. witness to the yeah. fact that a further forgiveness of sins is possible after this age, right? The cleansing fire that St. Paul speaks about, and then the offering mm-hmm. of, sin, of, of prayers and atonement for the dead, right, which we see in Second Maccabees well, with Judas Maccabeus, which, which means there are people that need to be prayed for, and because they're undergoing, you know, a forgiveness and a transformation, because they haven't yet entered into the glory of heaven. So those are a few Amazing. of the Dr. scriptural foundations. Well, and unfortunately, we're out of time. Dr. Jordan Haddad, Professor of Dogmatic Theology at Notre Dame Seminary. You can go to nds.edu and sl9art.com for more information. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you all. Sorry, I was a little long-winded. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, it Thank it. you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. My goodness. I thought he was going to give us one passage, but in turn, we got three. That was and quite the bonus. So interesting. Yeah. I learned a little more. <laughs> more. Yeah. You always got do. the parable of <laughs> paying the last penny, and of course, it was what the early church always mm-hmm. believed from all those early church. So, mm-hmm. so much there. Yeah. Well, where else can you get stuff like this from a theologian, right, every week? That's so right. Stay tuned. Well, let's go out today in prayer. Yes, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord of all, you are a God of plenty, a Lord who provides for us in our need. As we begin these early days of Advent, help each of us to trust that you know what we need. Give us the courage to listen to your voice, the freedom to open our hearts to the graces that you offer us constantly, and the desire to receive you, the bread of life. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Nate Nicholas, Amen. Pray Thank for you us. so much. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Bobby Angel joins us about gaming and faith, that correlation. David Dawson Jr. will talk about discerning in the workplace. And Sister Marjorie Abair with Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese will update us. Have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.